Sports Studios. It's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and good Monday morning. Welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way, as you know, each and every Monday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. You can find us. Some of you are here already. In fact, a large number of you are here already. On YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports, we ask you to please subscribe to the show. Flip the notification switch on if you don't mind. Paul tells us we're now on something called Reddit under the subreddit Chatterbox. If you'd like to join us uh, in podcast form, as Brandon Seho is back from California, he's getting a kick out of this whole Reddit thing. Uh, please do. Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Gentlemen, first of all, good morning. Casey McAllister, Paul Fritschner, and, and the Dunce is back. As I mentioned, uh, Brandon Seho, hope you guys had a good weekend. Casey, you're moved into your new crib officially, right? That's right. I'm all moved in. Had the first, uh, this is my second night, actually. I stayed the night there Saturday night, stayed there Sunday night. All good. Everything's good. You're Everything. unpacking everything now and that kind of thing. That's such a drag. Or did you have a lot to unpack? Uh, yeah, we still got a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack and put away. Um, but the majority of it is, is done. The majority of it is done. We're, we're operating as, as I would put it. We're operational. Did you uh, watch the Bengalis in your new crib? Or did I, you go over to your in-laws? I did. I mounted up my 65-inch TV above 65 my fire. 65 inches? Are you kidding me? Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> 65 inches? Is that like that video board we have at Chatterbox? <laughs> it's pretty darn close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no ham and egg in when it's, t- <laughs> it's time to watch football. So... My 65-inch TV up against my fireplace, sitting right in the middle of it, just sitting back and enjoying that show that Joe Mixon put on. So are you mounting that thing above the fireplace? What are you doing on that? Yeah, I've got it. Have you already mounted it? Yep, already mounted. Okay. Wow. That is big league. That is really big league. Paul, you have a good weekend. I know you didn't move into some new crib, but you're all fired up for the Xavier Musketeers playing tonight. Hey, college basketball is back. It's a great day. It was a great weekend. Saturday was another all-time sports day with the World Series and college football, the upsets, the games. I mean, it was great. It was it was a fun day. It was a great weekend. Bengals win. Great time to be alive, Tom Brennan. Okay. All right. Well, we have lots to talk about today, and what a day is right uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. What a first half. For the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, it was one of the most dominant halves of football in franchise history. They were up 35 to nothing. Now, I'm not big on stats, as you know, but I mean, <laughs> there are some stats when you hear them. And I, and I was listening because I was flying during most of the game, flying back from Texas. Uh, and I jump in the car and I turn on the radio and I'm listening to Dan Horde and Lap, and they give out two stats. In the first half, the Bengals had 21 first downs. Carolina had one. The Bengals had 315 yards of offense. The Panthers had 25. I mean, that, that, it almost looks like a misprint when you sit here and write it, as I did last night. Joe Mixon, 
Remember him? Brandon say, oh, that's your buddy. You were hanging out on the sideline with him on Friday night at the big chatterbox Moeller St. X game. You must have rubbed off on him. A lot of people out there were saying this guy was losing it. Lost his step. Well, he rushes for 153 yards, tacks on another 58 receiving yards, scores a franchise record five touchdowns in the game in a 42-21 route of the dismal, and boy, I mean dismal, Carolina Panthers. The offensive line was actually allowed to come off the ball and hit people for a change this week. We talked about this last week. When you have guys on their heels, last week against Cleveland, the first 21 plays of the game, 17 they're throwing. They're not asked to get off the ball and hit people. Well, they got off the ball and hit people. They actually run more times than they threw it in this game. That's the first time that's happened all year long. 39 rushing attempts, 241 rushing yards they only allowed one sack it was the most complete game of the season on both sides of the ball and the Bengals now roll into their bye week exactly where they were a season ago at five and four we know about the schedule a little bit different this year than last year but we'll talk more about the Bengals and their great win yesterday shortly with the guys with Zim Hude we have Paul Doherty coming up so stick around for all that. Hey, before we get any further, I do have to wish our good friend Andrew, who was with us, who is with us today and every single time we come on the air, okay? Every single time we come on the air, Andrew had a birthday over the weekend. So happy birthday, Andrew. Happy birthday, Andrew. Happy birthday. We thank you for, uh, for being with us every single day and hope you had a great birthday. Elsewhere, in the AFC North, the Browns and Steelers had the weekend off. The Bengals go to Pittsburgh. Now, my understanding is, is starting this week, they can flex games out, they being NBC. That is supposed to be a Sunday night game a week from this Sunday in Pittsburgh, which, by the way, T.J. Watt will be back for that game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know all the problems they caused for the Bengals, they being him and Cam Hayward, among others. I know the Steelers aren't any good, but they're a different team with Watt. But I guess if they can make that decision today, or they have to make that decision today, is that correct? To flex the game? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'll check on it and make sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, the Ravens will play tonight. They're a two-point favorite down in the Big Easy. And, man, is there a lot to talk about around the NFL. How about the Jets, Jets, Jets? They run for 174 yards. They intercept Josh Allen twice. It's another topic we talked about on this show last week. As great as Josh Allen can be, the more you watch him, and we said it last week, he gets very sloppy with the football at times. Really sloppy. And it cost his team yesterday. Jets over Buffalo, 20-17 to 17 in the Meadowlands. The Jets are 6-3, and three, a half game behind Buffalo in the AFC East. So, too, is Miami, 6-3. and three. 
35-32, a shootout in Chicago. Tua, back and healthy again, throws for three touchdowns. Justin Fields had one of the most unbelievable games you've ever seen a quarterback have. And again, we're not patting ourselves on the back on this program. We don't like to do that. But in this case, I'm going to do it. I told you all, do not throw in the towel on Justin Fields. He's barely played a full season as a starter. He threw three interceptions, or three touchdowns, forgive me, three touchdowns, no interceptions, rushes for 178 yards. Don't throw in the towel yet on Justin Fields at quarterback. But the team around him stinks. And speaking of bad aroma, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, they lose to the Lions 15-9. to Aaron Rodgers throws three interceptions. Green Bay is now 3-6. and six. They are done in the NFC North. And who's the famous uh, rapper? Went off on Green Bay, big Packer fan, Little, Little Wayne. Wayne. Yep, Little Wayne. He's I saw where he, he went off, said they should have traded number 12 in the offseason. Little Wayne. We're becoming a lot more in tune with, you know, people of your generation when we're talking about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Mm -hmm. That's L-I-L, right? Yeah, no yep. T's in there. Right. Who's the other one? Yeah, there, there, there's all kinds of L-I-L's out there, yeah. right? Yeah. Who else is out there? Oh, there's a lot of Lil's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son, I think, listens to most of them. Um, the reason the pack, write them off, in the uh, as far as the division championship is concerned, because the Vikings, when they're sixth in a row, and now have the second best record in the NFL at seven and one, it may not be pretty. It wasn't pretty yesterday, in a twenty to seventeen win over Washington, but at the end of the day, winning is winning, and the Vikes are winning. Two other games: the Bucks and the Rams. That was a big featured game on CBS yesterday, right? Two teams whose seasons are hanging by a threat, okay? Tom, Bre Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass in the final seconds of the game. And, you know, if you watch the end of that game, Tampa Bay goes down the field in regulation with about two and a half minutes to go. They have two guys drop touchdown passes in the end zone, right? They have to go for it on fourth. They don't get it. Rams get the ball back. All the Rams have to do is get one first down. They go three and out. Sean McVay says today, says we are going to start taking a look at everything on our offense. Now, would that mean they change quarterbacks? I don't know. But Tampa Bay is now four and five. And that's good enough to be tied with Atlanta atop the NFC South. And then last night in Kansas City, I told you guys last week, I told you guys this last week, you didn't believe me. Okay, Kansas City wins the game. Ryan Tannehill did not start a quarterback, still out with an ankle injury. They go with a rookie, Malik Willis, out of uh, Liberty. He got the start, 20-17 to 17 in overtime. The Titans get totally jobbed at the end of this game if you didn't stay up and watch it, okay? It's an eight-point spread, and Kansas City goes down the field, scores a touchdown. Now they got to go for two to tie the game. They go for two, 
They don't get it. But penalty on Tennessee. They get another try. They go for it again. Penalty on Tennessee. Terrible call on this defensive holding with Kelsey trying to get open in the end zone, right? They get a third try. And Mahomes uh, gets it done to tie the game, runs it in. They kick the field goal in OT. But I'm telling you right now, and we're not saying Ryan Tannehill's an upper-tier quarterback, but I'm telling you right now, Tennessee is a team to watch for the rest of this year, and the Bengals have them in three weeks. We said it would be the pivotal game in the Bengals' season. So file that away. Tannehill will be back by then. The Bengals play Pittsburgh. Then they go to Tennessee with a chance to go if they beat Pittsburgh to 7-4 and four on the year. That is going to be the game. And you better bring your lunch when you play Tennessee because they don't back down against anybody. At the end of the day, fellas, is there any better sport on the planet than college football? No. Seriously. I mean, you want my opinion on it? Yes. Is there any better sport than college football? I mean. Come on. What's better than college football? I the think, pros? I like the NFL, yeah. It's just a better product. Yeah, I like the NFL more, but, but this week was great. The NFL is a better product. It's the king the, of the jungle. That cannot be denied. Yes. Yes. I mean, as far as television and popularity, yes. there, there's no doubt. But college football was great this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, every game counts in college football as long as we have a four-team college football playoff. And for the first time in the same year since they started the college football playoff, Alabama and Clemson are basically knocked out from getting in. So we start in the SEC East. All the buildup. Number one, Tennessee. Number three, Georgia. It was no contest neither team played particularly great but the volunteers were just overwhelmed by Georgia's defense they lost all those guys to the NFL and, and they got players and speed all over the place the 27-13 final made it look like it was closer than it was it was no contest and Georgia will be the new number one again as they were in the AP poll that came out late last night but the best game of the week without a doubt was Alabama at LSU. Brian Kelly rolls the dice by going for two in overtime after a touchdown. The Tigers get it, and Kelly gets his first win ever over Nick Saban, 32-31. If LSU wins out, the Bayou Bengals will play in the SEC championship game against Georgia, who would have thunk it. Brian Kelly, you may not like him. This guy can coach. Yes. Yeah, so there was something interesting about that call, too. He, after the, the, the post-game interview, he says, yeah, I called that play back in 2014 in, <laughs> the, in the some whatever bowl game that he was coaching in at that point. And they called a penalty on it for illegal uh, pass offensive pass interference. And he says, I just knew they weren't going to call it there because they were just letting them play. And it ended up working out. And I, it's really weird that he had the memory to be like, this is going to work. I ran this like 2014. That's almost 10 years ago. The well, dude's got this 
play in his back pocket. And he's like, I'm going to win this game right here. And, you know, just throws it down there. And Well, he was very, you know, you don't see Brian Kelly emotional much. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the post-game interview with, uh, I think it was Holly Rowe. Yeah. He was very emotional after the game. That was his first time beating Alabama. Yeah. I mean, he was very, very emotional with the whole thing, coming down to LSU and leaving Notre Dame. And look, again, you know, you, I understand if people don't like him. And the way he's left both UC and Notre Dame, I get it. But, uh, gosh, can he coach? That, tra- that kid who transferred the quarterback from Arizona State, and he's got another year left of eligibility, Jaden Daniels. That guy is some kind of player. Um, elsewhere, college football. Yeah, you. Well, I was just gonna. Yeah, just one quick thing. Let's just put the hat on for a second. Play the hypothetical. I don't think it's gonna happen. Let's just say LSU goes to the title game. They beat Georgia. Are you putting a two-loss LSU team in? I don't think so. But you're not keeping the SEC champion out. No way. There, there is no way on God's green earth. There is no way in the world. Can't keep the SEC. That the champion of the Southeastern Conference title game is left out of the college. I know. There's no chance of that happening. None. None. Even even a two-loss LSU. If they win the SEC championship and in the same year they beat Alabama, they beat Ole Miss, they beat um, Georgia in a title game, they're, they're going in because that committee is so slanted. And, and perhaps rightfully so, but it's so slanted uh, for the SEC. Number two, Ohio State really struggled. I mean, uh, apparently the weather conditions were beyond description how bad they were just north of Chicago up in Evanston. C.J. Stroud threw for less than 100 yards and for the first time in his career failed to throw a touchdown. He did run for nearly 100 yards, and that's not his M.O., Buckeyes win at 21-7. Ohio State plays Indiana at home this weekend after back-to-back road games. And in the AP poll, they sit number two. Michigan and TCU remain unbeaten. Will the Horned Frogs jump to number four or be ranked behind a one-loss Tennessee team when the new poll comes out tomorrow night? I don't think there's any doubt. The top three... Really, this is a no-brainer. Your top three are going to be Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three. Then what happens after that? You had Clemson and Alabama both ranked ahead of LSU or TCU in the first college football playoff ranking released last Tuesday night. Even though Alabama had a loss, TCU was undefeated. That's the way it played out. The shocker of the weekend was in South Bend. Notre Dame just destroys the previous number four and undefeated Clemson Tigers, 35-14. to The Irish looked like a real team. They looked really good. And for the second year in a row, Clemson doesn't look any good when it matters. Marcus Freeman, that's his biggest win in year number one. At Notre Dame. In baseball, the Houston Astros finished off the Phillies to win the World Series four games to two. Dusty Baker. All the career wins. Over 2,300 of them. He's taken more teams to the playoffs than any manager that has ever put on a uniform. Five of them. And at 73 years young, 
Dusty finally wins his first World Series title. And finally, we mentioned college basketball is alive and well. Beginning today, five local teams all in action tonight, all at home. The Bearcats will play Chaminade Xavier against Morgan State. 24th ranked Dayton will play something called Lindenwood. <laughs> Northern Kentucky takes on Kent State. Now, that's a real opening game. Yeah, that's a good game. That's a good game. That's a, that's a good game. Northern yep. Kentucky at home. Northern Kentucky picked it at the top of the horizon. That'll be a good game. And Travis Steele, who yep. loves Xavier, yep. new head coach at Miami, will play in Oxford hosting Evansville. How many people do you think will be at that game in, in, in Oxford tonight? Uh, 2,000. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, it ain't going to be that high. I mean, if you're a student, what else you got to do? It's a great campus. It's right down the street. Why not go to the game? Right? Yeah. yeah. I've been to Millette Hall dozens of times. It's still, you're a college student and you're hanging out and your school's playing a basketball game. You're in and out. There's no weather delays, none of that nonsense, right? You can wear a t-shirt and walk in there and you're fine. Right? Yeah. Why not go to the game? All right, over under 1,200 people. I, I say over 1,200. All right. I do too. Somebody named Anonymous says, um, Tom, you want TCU football number one. But, you know, you sit here and you talk about this, and you, you started to touch on it, um, Paul, bringing up all of the different scenarios that could happen in college football. And look, we, we could be here from now until tomorrow afternoon talking about this. But, you know, it's not always if you lose. Unfortunately, oftentimes it's when you lose. And we know that every single year, Ohio State and Michigan play each other the last game of the season. Right? Yeah. Okay. Alabama, before this weekend had lost a game at Tennessee and a great game, but that was week five, week six, week seven, whatever it is. You lose in week 12, you're going to drop out of that, that top four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, anybody who's watched college football this year, I don't care if you like either one of them or, or totally dislike either one of them or both of them. Ohio State and Michigan are two of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But one of them, and that game's in Columbus – in three weeks from now, um, one of them is going to tumble out of that college football playoff because they will not play for their conference championship. Tennessee, what happens to them this week? Where do you think they go in the college football playoff? They lose for the first time this year, right? Yep. Will they be in front of or behind TCU as Alabama was with one loss last week? They'll probably end up ahead of them. I, you th I think they probably should be behind them, but I think they'll probably end up ahead of them. I think this is kind of like Casey's stink list, where when one stink team plays another stink team, they can't get out of the bottom tier stink column. It's sort of like this one with Georgia and Tennessee, where Georgia and Tennessee both in the top four right now. Georgia beats Tennessee. Tennessee's probably not going to drop that far behind TCU. But TCU and Oregon are right there. I know, Tom, you're not in on Oregon, and I, I'm not so much in on Oregon, but I do think that there is a very serious conversation that needs to be had right now, whether you like it or not, that there are four Pac-12 teams in the top 15. Which is a joke. All, all you know, joke or not joke, there, there's a legitimate conversation here to 
a one-loss Pac-12 team could end up as the number four seed in this in this playoff. Okay, but let me ask you this. Let, let, let's just pick four teams. Okay. Okay, let, and let's take LSU out just for a second, okay? Because that yeah, would yeah. be unique in and of itself, yeah. okay? But if Georgia wins out, including the SEC championship, you know they're in. Yep. Okay? So you would have sitting on the sideline in the SEC, you'd have a one-loss Tennessee team, okay? Yep. You're going to have a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team, okay? Right? Yeah. Okay. You might have a Big 12 champion, which is undefeated. Could have, yeah. right? Big game this week for TCU going to Texas. That will not be an easy one. But you start playing that game of all those teams that are in there. Are you going to take any Pac-12 team over Tennessee? Are you going to take any Pac-12 team with one loss over a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan team? I mean, if you're asking me personally, no. But I think there's a conversation that probably needs to be had that it very likely could happen. I mean, they're at number eight right now. Bama will drop behind them. Clemson might drop behind them. That would move them up Clemson to six. Will definitely drop behind them. They look terrible. So that moves them up to six. Anybody in the top four stumbles again, uh, or stumbles the first time because none of them ahead of them would would be. Well, that's what I'm saying. They'll, I'm saying you're going if they get to six, you're going to have at least one of those four or five in front of them. You have to have. One of them lose a game because Ohio State plays Michigan. Yeah, look, I'm not necessarily arguing for Oregon to get in. I'm just saying that that this is setting up to to be a situation where you have Oregon at eight right now, USC at nine, and you have UCLA at twelve, and you have Utah at fourteen. And that's four Pac-12 teams in the top fifteen. That if the committee is valuing this conference as highly as it is, like it or not, at, at least they need to be in the conversation. But I think you're right, Tom. I think that. That Michigan right now and Ohio State are right there. That winner is going to be in, and then Georgia will be in. And then you, you figure out, okay, well, if TCU goes undefeated, that, no question, undefeated yeah, they, Big 12. They, they get that, that, there's no, but, I mean, Texas is a seven-point favorite over TCU. I know this that. Texas is so, playing good. So this is going to be a, a tough game. TCU gets past this game. They win the Big 12. They're in. That would be three teams. Then, okay, what do you do? Do you, do you throw Tennessee in there? Do you, do you throw Oregon in there? But any any second loss for any of these packs, I, I think even I think Oregon is the one with the best shot at it right now. They lose again. Yes, it's not, yes, it's not even no a doubt about it. Not even conversation. All right, um, we don't have Sam Hude for about another uh, few minutes here. Um, the Bengals look really good yesterday. Now, how excited do you get seriously about this? Because they look, I mean, they look phenomenal. They look phenomenal. They did so many things that we've been hoping they would do this year, especially run the ball. Now, I don't know, Casey, you tell me. I don't know if that's because Carolina is so bad or the Bengals just came to play and they were that good. I mean, I, so I personally think that the Panthers were that bad yesterday. Um because we've seen this from the Bengals. We, we saw them do this against Atlanta, and that was a practice squad defense, practically. Um, they're so up and down um, that that's kind of the Bengals' MO, is being up and down. The Panthers, however, I mean, that defense is way better than what it put on the field. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> they could not stop the run for their life. Um, I don't know what's wrong with Derek Brown. And they've been ranked uh, in the top 10, 12 rushing defenses all year long. Right. So I, I, I'm being serious when I ask that question, I'm not being facetious about it, is that I wonder, maybe it's a combination of the two. Yeah, and to be fair, I thought Zach Taylor did a really good job of play calling yesterday. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was probably his best game he's had in a long time, even including the Saints and the, the Falcons game that he had. Um, that game yesterday, it just seemed like he made all the right decisions at every single point. Um, defense would blitz from one side. He'd make a great call to run it the other direction, and you know he would make a really good call on a uh, on a short, quick game um, to beat the blitz. You know, just different things like that. And that might be a combination of him and Joe. But yeah, that's overall, what I was getting ready to say. I wonder how much of that, and we're never really going to know because nobody's going to throw the other one in front of the bus. I wonder how much of that they they trusted to Burrow to check it off. Yeah, and. Overall, I thought, what a great game, right? I mean, Joe Mixon, <laughs> I was getting ready to, to, to ride him off a little bit um, if he didn't produce this week. Because, you know, you, you pay your guy $12 million to be a star running back in this league. And he has not been producing star-like games for us. But that game, five touchdowns, yeah. like 200 yards total. I mean, he just absolutely dominated that game. I know the stats are going to be skewed, but like you said before, I think it was Morrison posted the, the stats that we actually have more rushing yards this year than we did last year at this point in the year. Um, but I was surprised know. to learn yesterday that that was the first time in one full season worth of games if you throw in the playoffs. That was the first time Mixon had rushed for over 100. And how long? I think, I think if I heard it right or read it right, that was his first 100-yard rushing game in the last 16 games he's played in. Yeah, that, I could be wrong on that. That, that. But I thought I heard that. Is that right, Paul? I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Even though he was a leading rusher in the AFC last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right? I mean, he was getting 70, 80, 90, that kind of thing on a lot of games. Um, all right, so what we're going to do is, is him here yet? No, he's not here. All right. Well, I'll shoot him a text. Um, and we will uh, take a break while I do that. Uh, lots to talk about with the Bengals. Um, we're getting some comments here, and this is the one I agree with the most. Our buddy, Sir Boy Wonder. He said, love the game yesterday, but I need to see this in Pittsburgh and against Tennessee. Agreed. They got to do it. I mean, they're 5-4. and four. If they can beat Pittsburgh, which they clearly should, but we've said that a number of times this year already, it's Kenny Pickett. Uh, if they win that game after a week off, start healing some guys up, right? You had some bumps and bruises, some bad injuries in Cleveland. If you beat Pittsburgh, then you're going to Tennessee. And look, I got to tell you, uh, before we go to break, and we can talk about this later, I got to tell you, uh, all of a sudden, for the first time in these last two weeks, in my opinion, I think Buffalo and Kansas City look more than beatable. I'm not suggesting the Bengals are a better team right now at all. But I'm saying Kansas City and Buffalo can be beaten. They are not invincible teams by any stretch of the imagination. You guys I agree. agree? I agree with that. 
I think Kansas City is. I think Buffalo is pretty good. I don't want to say they're invincible because if you lose to the Jets, you're clearly not invincible. Josh Allen got hurt yesterday, too. That's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to uh, take a break. We're back with more off the bench. We got a lot to get to today, boys and girls. Stay with us. And we're going to find out if uh, I was able to uh, make any progress uh, when we do our picks coming up at 1130 today. All right, fellas. Um, this is our uh, Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Please visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. All right. Well, well, well. We are going to get an update. An update. An update. The tear maker, as we like to say. Not tear as in shedding tears. But, um, Casey, your, uh, your good teams, borderline good, borderline stink, flat out stink. You had to move some teams around after I this did. weekend, as we suggested to you last week. There are some that have climbed up two levels on this tier maker, correct? Um, some that have definitely made a jump. No, uh, the Jets have made a two-level jump. We'll get to them in a minute. They, <laughs> I told you last week they did not stink, well, among other teams. Put them up. Yeah, I, I'm putting it up right here. All right, here we go. So you say the good teams are the undefeated Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Bills. And I, I moved the Bills down a few spots. Um, I, I almost put them in borderline good. I actually almost took them down a, a step because Josh Allen is so – I mean, he was like this last year. He would have really great games, dominant games, and then he would have games like he had yesterday where it just seemed like he was so inconsistent. And now the, uh, the turnover thing is starting to be a little bit worrisome. But just to be clear that this is in order, you have Dallas being better than the Buffalo Bills. I do. Okay. okay. And, and now the, the, the next two, I have to tell you. I mean, I'm sitting there, and, and if you had me scratching my head last week, it, it is impossible. I, mean, I, I, I could talk about this all day long. So you've got the Vikings at 7-1 and one as a borderline good team. I you have a 500 team, right? Aren't the Niners 4-4? Four and four? Mm, Are they 5-4? and four? I think they are 4-4. Four and four. All right, You have a 4-4 four and four Niners team in front of the Chargers, the Dolphins, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and the G-Men. You have all of those teams on a borderline stink. You have a Buffalo team that you have as a fourth-ranked team in the league, and the Jets just beat them yesterday, yeah. and the Jets borderline stink. Yeah, the Jets actually moved up quite a bit. They jumped like, yes, they I did. say, 10 teams. To get up to, what is that, the 11th best team in the league? But they still stink. I mean, come on. 
Zach Wilson is not it. What about the Titans? You have the. Well, I mean, Tennessee. You have the Chargers I and mean, the Dolphins. Come Dol on, man. They go on the road the to Kansas City with and a rookie lost. quarterback playing in his second and game and get jobbed. Should have won the game. They and lost. you have them as a borderline stink team. That defense. Yeah, they lost, Tom. And their quarterback play is terrible. Well, the quarterback play, well, last night the kid, you know, they, they didn't give me that, – that's great coaching. I mean, Brable just said, look, we're, we're, we're going to run it. We're going to turn around and hand it off. We're not going to put him in a position to lose a game. And they didn't, nor did they give him a chance to win the game. But You're forgetting another facet of the game, which is offense. Their offense stinks. Without Derrick Henry, they'd be totally lost. Well, they're not without Derrick Henry. I they're get, not I without Derrick Henry. He's playing in the game. That. I get that, but listen, you can't rely just on the run game. Otherwise, your team is going to stink. The Jets, not, the Jets and Tennessee teams. do not stink. I mean, come on. They do not stink or borderline stink. I mean, come they on. Borderline stink. Miami, they yeah. played two weeks without Tua. They're six and three. And I tell you, I give it up to the Chargers. I mean, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought they stunk. I'm not a big Herbert guy. He's got all the talent in the world. Seems like a great kid. But he, he's got to go out and win a few big ones. But they're winning games. I mean, I'm just, I'm only going off of how I grade the wins and losses of these teams. If you beat a team that stinks, you don't just shoot up the board. Now, the Jets, they shot up the board because they beat a good team. And they I almost put them ahead of the Chargers and Dolphins. But I think I like Tua and Herbert a lot. I like the, the quarterback dynamic that they have there. They have a really good offense. The Jets, I just can't put them above them because I think that they went head-to-head. -head, and I think, I think the Jets actually beat the Dolphins already. They did. They did. So... I don't know when they play again, but we might be seeing a bit of a, a sliding sliding action here soon. But anyway, let me, let me just go through this. I think all the teams in the stink list deserve to be on the yeah, stink I, list. Yeah, you know what? I would agree with you for the first time all year long, except for Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland stinks, Cleveland, but the rest of them, I'm with you 100%. Cleveland, when they get Deshaun Watson back could potentially move up okay it let, just depends on how well he does let me ask you this one casey yep a lot of these stink rankings this year for you have included teams that have gone head-to-head -head and beaten one another so on this list you have the Bengals behind the jets and the dolphins who they have both very handily beaten correct but the, and the, several spots behind them it, too yes because they're too inconsistent i don't think if they played again that they that you don't think that the Bengals would beat the Jets or the Dolphins if they played again? Right not, now. The, not their current state, no. Not the current state. If they were fully healthy like they were when they played them, then, yeah, maybe I'd put them ahead of them. But right now, the Bengals are too inconsistent. I didn't overreact, I don't think, by them beating the worst team, I think, in the league in the Panthers. If you want to just look at this list again, um, I, I feel like if they – faced any of the teams in front of them that it would be a tough sledding matchup and we we as Bengals fans know and people can kind of back me up in the chat on this one they're too reliant on a game script they cannot 
they cannot afford to get down early or else they just completely throw out whatever game plan they had. They throw out the playbook and they just go, all right, well, we're just going to throw it 40 times a game and see what happens because Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. But, I mean, like last week, they got out early, got a touchdown the first, the first possession of the game, and they never looked back. And they ran the ball and ran it. And they were a balanced team. And when they run like that, they're going to be scary good when they get everyone back. But I, I think somebody has a fair point here. Let me find out where this is. Jordan, who I think is new to the program here today, um, says he believes that the borderline stink should just be called like mid-level teams. Because stink's a strong word. It's a very strong word. And I know we've, you know, referred to this list as the stink list. Um, I, I, I almost wonder if you need like a, a mid-category on there. Well, that... So to, to add a fifth level of teams, because well, that's I, there called... is no way you can say that the Jets, Tennessee... The Giants. I think the Bengals belong on the borderline stink line. I really do. Yeah. Because they haven't beaten anybody any good. They, the only team that has a winning record, if I'm not mistaken, that the Bengals have beaten this year was when they beat Miami, but Tua did not play for an entire half. He got knocked out of that game, if you remember. So I'm not going to sit here and jump up and down and say that the Bengals don't belong on that borderline stink category. But I don't know how you can put the Giants – Tennessee, the Jets, and Miami. Chargers, I'm not totally sold on. But those four, Miami, Jets, Tennessee, Giants, I don't know how they can be considered a borderline Here. stink team. How, how about I try to settle everyone's minds? Because people are really let, let worked me, up here. I mean, let, it, let me try to get everyone off the ledge on how these are labeled, right? If you're a borderline stink, you're just teetering on the edge of possibly becoming a stink team right and if you're borderline good you're teetering on the edge of being a really good team so just think about it like that the two in the middle are the middle teams they're the mid teams of the nfl there's a ton of teams that are just mid but let's just say the jets did lose to the buffalo bills that would put them at what five and four that would i think they would stink I think that that would put them at stink. But because they beat a good team, and I almost put Buffalo on borderline good because they're too inconsistent. The Jets, to me, they're like another win or two away from some of these teams in the borderline stink, borderline good category from being a borderline good team or the first in borderline stink. I, I don't know. I, I like the way I labeled it, but if you, the committee, the chat. Well, I mean, there's some other suggestions it. coming in here, which, which uh, are interesting. Andrew says maybe the list should be, quote, unquote, title contenders. And I think in title contenders, we're talking about getting to the Super Bowl. So winning a championship yeah. game. Yeah. Okay. And Andrew, I don't want to put words in your mouth here. Playoff teams. Maybe next year. And then a top five pick candidate. Okay. It's if, not bad. If that is what the people would rather want, <laughs> I, I think my list is pretty This fun. is That's your it. list. Create, I, hey, this create is a your poll list. question right now. 
We can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll Let's create, create a, poll. a poll question right now and ask those of you watching right now. Uh, you can start a Q and A. You watching right now? Uh, which would you prefer? Do we need to change the categories? Because, like I said, I think stink. Uh, which, believe me, I, I, I like using that word when a team stinks, they stink. Okay? Um, but I think that we have to maybe get a little more refined in this. Paul, you're in agreement with that? Yeah, I think, I think we need a little, a little more clarification here. I'm with you on that, Tom. Casey, it's your list, though, man. I'm not telling you what to do with your I, list. I, I, I'm just trying to help the show. I put up the I put up the the, the poll. So I'd love chat, to get a, I'd love to get a tweet in from uh, somebody listening to this in podcast form, just like driving off the road, yeah. trying to figure out how. Yeah, maybe we'll put up in frustration, trying to figure out. We'll put one. We'll put up a, a poll, or we'll put up something on Chatterbox's account to to see what they think. Well, we, we, we're getting some brand new viewers. We're getting some brand new viewers this week who are making some great points here. And they say, uh, my, uh, I'm not going to agree with this, Dustin, on, on Miami. I don't think their quarterback is bad. But, but Dustin makes a point. The Jets, the Giants, have had bad quarterback play. I agree with the, um, the Jets and the Giants. But, you know... If I'm going to make the argument, and I, and I was talking about this with Trace Fowler a little while ago before the show. We are so impatient, and I'm right at the top of the list, when it comes to these young quarterbacks. And, and two guys in particular that come to mind under the same scenario, really, are Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Wilson was not the starter the whole year last year, nor was Fields. Okay. And Zach Wilson missed a third of the season this year out with an injury. So these guys haven't even started a full season of games yet. Now, Daniel Jones, I'm straight south on Daniel Jones. I do not think you're going to win the big one with him at quarterback moving forward with the Giants. But, you know, you can't argue with what they've done so far. But when you look on that list that you have, a borderline stink, okay, Herbert is a good quarterback. Tua is a good quarterback. He has really upped his game when he's been able to get up on the field this year. He's been a much better player. Jets, not sold on Wilson yet, but you got to give him time. I like Tannehill as a guy that would move that team up. They win that game last night if he's a quarterback in Kansas City. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They win that game last night. Uh, Mac Jones, no uh, and Burrow, of course. So, you know, that, that, that's it's something at least to think a little bit about. Any thoughts? And I will, I'll say this, too, for, for the audience. Like, it's not exactly a set in stone, like, this is what they're going to be the whole year. Teams move up and down based off of how they perform right? oh if so, there's one thing we know about the stink list the stink list it is that it is a fluid situation it is a fluid situation very and, reactionary and, and if i i'm just gonna put it up one more time this is the last time so ingrain this image in your brain maybe i'll post it on my twitter who knows i think the people on the stink list deserve to be there except for maybe the browns um and the, oh the now first, you're wavering on the browns a little bit i did I, you just say that the Browns, when they get Deshaun Watson back, that's 
That's what I was trying to say. All right, that's fair. Boom Shakalaka says, keep the tier and how it was made. We just need to get more educated. Yeah. Boom Shakalaka, could you reply to that, please? Does that mean Casey needs to get more educated or all of us need to get more educated? I'd yeah. like to know and, that. And so also the, the, the Saints, I think they're a quarterback away too from being a pretty decent team. And so are the, the, like the Falcons to me are probably the best stink team in this list. Who is? The Falcons. They're better than the Browns? No, no. I think the Browns and the Saints, they're only instinct because they're quarterback situation. Okay, okay, that's fair. And the Falcons, to me, are the best stink team on the list. I think that if <laughs> that, that poor defense, man, it can't get any more rough than that. I mean, they, they got practice squad guys out there. Um, Who is starting tonight at quarterback? Is it Andy Dalton again? I will check that. For the Saints? I will check that. If it's Andy Dalton, I have more confidence in them winning. Then Jameis Winston? Yep. Uh, yeah, it is. It says, uh, and we know Andy Dalton in prime time. I mean, the numbers are, are brutal. And um, they're in prime time tonight, Monday night football. These numbers are mind-boggling for, for Andy Dalton. And I remember a lot of Bengals fans went crazy when I did a Bengals game a number of years ago uh, and talked about, the numbers, not only of Dalton, but teams coached by Marvin Lewis uh, in prime time. I mean, the numbers are just incredible. Now, so far this year, as a starter, Dalton's gone two and three. He's averaging right around 240 passing yards per game. He's thrown nine touchdowns, four picks, compared to Jameis Winston in his short amount of time, four touchdowns and five interceptions. The last time Andy Dalton won a game in prime time as a starting quarterback was in 2014. Holy moly. He's due. He's he due. beat the Denver Broncos on December the 22nd, 2014. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I mean – if they just continue to play him the way, they, the way that they have been, keeping him at a max pitch count of 30, 30 throws, sometimes even like 25, he'll be good. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be all right. But that playoff thing, man, I, I don't know what it is. Or not playoff thing, the, the primetime thing. Here are the numbers. If the Saints lose to Baltimore tonight, Andy Dalton's primetime record would fall to 6 and 20 falling behind Kerry Collins for the worst of any quarterback with at least 15 primetime starts going back to 2000 Dalton has lost 5 straight in primetime by at least 17 points wow from 2008 to 21 that streak was broken in a loss to the Cardinals on October the 20th this year. So, you know, look, I root for Andy Dalton. I hope the guy goes out and plays great tonight. We'd like to see the Ravens lose, which in essence would put the Bengals again in a first-place tie, although Baltimore holds a tie break. Um, and so, you know, I, hopefully Dalton, because he's a really good guy uh, and has been a good player in this league for a long, long time. We have Paul Doherty ready to go? We do. 
All right. It is time for our main man, Paul Doherty, uh, from the from uh, the morningline.substack.com. I I was starting to read your piece that came out. We were just getting ready to go on the air. First of all, good Monday morning to you, Doc. How you doing? I'm great, given it's Monday morning. Well, I mean, it's a beautiful day out there. I don't care what day of the week it is. Day. I mean, it's incredible. Were you did I was starting to read your article. Were you actually at the game yesterday? No. No, okay. the beauty of, of being retired is I'm not obligated to go anywhere I really don't want to go. Boy, there is beauty in that. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but... Uh, I was starting to read it. I wasn't able to get through it because we were just going on the air. Um, and, and we were just talking, uh, Paul and, and Casey and I were just talking. Uh, was it a case of the Bengals being that good or a case of Carolina being that bad or a combination of the two? Yes. I mean, um, Carolina was as bad as any NFL team I've seen in quite some time. In fact, Tom, you know, how plugged we are, uh, plugged in we are here at TML. My 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 sources at the commissioner's office on Park Avenue have told me this morning <laughs> that there's a, a delegation of, of Panthers folks talking to Goodell right now, begging uh, to remain in the National Football League. Um, it was just, I I, I mean, I, I don't know. The Bengals were good, and they took advantage of of a team that was obviously not ready or, or at all into playing. But I, I don't know what you get from that. It's sort of like when when um, whoever, Georgia beats Georgia State at the end of August, right, in the first game of the year. What, what do you take from that? I, I think the Bengals gained some reassurance in knowing that they're capable of putting together a game like that, and that's good. And, and they certainly got Mixon – a lot of work and got him into a groove and he took full advantage and, and that's good. Um, beyond that, I, I don't know. I, I still don't know what to make of this team. I mean, this is a team that was behind 25 to nothing last week and ahead 35 to nothing this week. I, what, what do you say about that? I'm with you all the way on that. Uh, you know, and obviously competition has a lot to be said for that, but not those kinds of numbers because it's rare in the NFL, as you point out regularly. Uh, it is rare to see blowout games anymore uh, in the NFL case in point yesterday. Virtually every single one of them came down to the very, very end of the game, except for the Bengals and the Panthers. Um, I did like the fact, Doc, that, and again, I, I have to, you know, we have to, 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 to quantify it's Carolina, but I did like the fact, as we talked about you and I on this show last week, you know, you start asking offensive linemen, and I've heard these guys talk about it for years and years and years, different teams all around the league, that when you start getting pass happy as they were against Cleveland, and your first 21 plays, 17 of them, you're throwing the ball. Your offensive linemen are always back on their heels, protecting the quarterback. You're never asking them to be the aggressor and go to hit somebody. Do you think, based on what we saw yesterday, do you think more moving forward that we might start to see more balance in this offense? I, I, I think that that's up to the people who are in charge of providing the balance. I mean, if you don't have confidence in the running game, as they obviously didn't last week, they're not going to go to it. Um, it's a combination of things. You, you can't just say, we're going to run the ball if you can't run it. Now, this this week they could, 
I, I do think there's something to be said for the offensive line and the running backs uh, as a unit getting into a group. Um, and and if, if you can pick up four or five yards at a chunk, you can stay in that groove and everything's great. Uh, up until yesterday, they hadn't really been able to do that. So I, I think circumstances and performance dictate what you're going to do on offense. Um, they gave Mixon the ball early. He did well with it, and they just kept giving it to him. And and, and you saw what happened. That, that doesn't take uh, Einstein to do that. But again, I think, sure, everybody would like to be balanced or, in my opinion, at least pose a big enough threat with the run that you can't just play pass defense all day against the Bengals. So, sure, um, that's what they're shooting for. But I think the, the situation at hand dictates what they do. Um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, the World Series. Uh, you wrote a mm -hmm. beautiful article uh, the other day after yesterday, I guess it was, after Dusty Baker, um, after all these wins as a manager, uh, of course, had never won a World Series title, had led five different teams to the postseason. He finally gets it. Um, and you may note about Rob Butcher, the Reds' PR director, who was mm -hmm. around Dusty Baker. Nobody spends more time, for those that don't understand the nature of the job, uh, in, in baseball and football, but especially baseball. No one spends more time with the manager, not even his coaching staff spends more time with the manager than the director of media relations for a team. Tell the story about Rob Butcher, about how much he thought of Dusty Baker that was in the morning line yesterday. Uh, I full credit to the New York Times. I wasn't aware of this. Uh, the Times told the story of Butcher uh, going to Houston, um, working his connections to somehow get in the ballpark on, on uh, Saturday night. Uh, Dusty had no, no idea he was coming, and, and, and Butcher just did it because of the respect and admiration he had for, for Dusty, saying essentially Dusty is the grandfather and, and father you wish that everybody had that uh, nobody was a better was a better guy uh, than Dusty Baker and, and Butcher, which just surprised me a little. It's not the Butcher that, that we're accustomed to seeing, frankly. I mean, he's, uh, he's great at what he does, but, but he's not exactly, an, uh, you know, open his heart up and let you look at it kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not a warm and fuzzy kind of guy. You're right. No, he's not, and that's fine. Uh, uh, but, but he did show up in Houston – uh, at game six and, and said uh, after uh, Kyle Tucker made the catch to win the game that, that he broke down and cried. He was so happy for Dusty. Well, you also talked about, though, your personal experience with Dusty Baker after one season. Yeah, I, I don't want to come off as if I knew him. I didn't. I, I didn't know him much better than, than, than anybody else who covered the team at the time. Um but we, we got along well for the most part. And it was after one year. I don't even remember which year it was. It was probably the, after the last game of the season. I'm in his office, and we're just talking. Everybody else is gone. And, and he says, I want to give you something. I said, you know, I'm a media guy. I'm not really supposed to take anything from a guy I have to write about. But Dusty sent me a – he gave me a box of note cards. And the note on the cover of the note card was a photo – uh, of, of a kind of a sacred place on the island of Kauai uh, where people went for, for peace and healing, right? And, and Dusty, posted, I'm not mistaken, post 9-11, right? 
Yes, they started it right after 9-11, and it, it, it has carried on to this day where, where people go because there's supposedly a certain aura, a certain glow about the place that uh, makes people feel better. Well, when Dusty first started going there, he had prostate cancer, and um, he felt like he needed to go there for, for peace of mind and to figure out his life and what mattered and what didn't, and he said the place did... Uh, the place did very well for him. Um, and so he gave me this box of, of, of cards. And, and I've got it. I mean, you can't see it, but it's a photo of a people of people walking around yeah. kind of a, a, a parks, park-like city on Kauai. Anyway, Dusty Baker is cancer-free, obviously. No longer has prostate problems with the prostate cancer. And I just thought it was very nice of him. It was very nice of him to, to make a gesture like that to me. And I, like I said... Uh, I, I wasn't anybody special. He didn't like me any more than anybody else, but he did decide for whatever reason to uh, gift me with those cards. One uh, final topic I want to get into with you. Uh, I don't think you're a voting member. I don't think you ever were a voting member, uh, even though you're a columnist. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, about this college football playoff thing. I, I, everything's going to look very different when they go to 12 teams in a couple of years from now, because you'll be assured of a year like this year where we were talking before you came on the program. You know, you're going to have uh, Ohio State or Michigan, the loser of that game, will more than likely still get into the playoff and have a chance to win it. Same thing with a Tennessee team this year after losing over the weekend. Same thing with an LSU team who's red hot right now, beats Alabama over the weekend, Brian Kelly first win over Nick Saban, all that kind of thing. Um, I don't know how closely you're following uh, college football on a regular basis, but man, um, and look, a lot can happen over these last three weeks of the regular season and then uh, the conference title games in many cases. Um, this thing has a chance to be utter chaos to figure out who the top four are. Yeah, isn't it great? I love it. I love the fact that uh, that Clemson and Alabama very likely will not uh, be taking part in the Final Four this year, it's, uh, as they have done one or the other or both every year since this format uh, came into being. I think it's great. I love it. You know, but 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 I always say, Doc. You know, it's it, it, it's like you know, it's not necessarily if you lose. A lot of it, so much has to do when you lose. And mm -hmm. you know, we were sitting here debating. Uh, Oregon plays the first game of the year. They go to Georgia and they get beat 49 to three. Now Georgia's the best team in college football. They played like it. They played like it over the weekend. Doesn't mean they're be they're unbeatable because they are beatable. Everybody's beatable. But to think that Ohio State or Michigan, the loser of that game, could slip behind a team like Oregon, to me is absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's a pretty good argument for a 12-team playoff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the end of the LSU game? I did not. I think you would have been, and I, and I know you're not a Brian Kelly guy. Um, I would be interested if you're able to run down that video of the interview he did right after the game with Holly Rowe. Um, I okay. think there are a lot of people out there that saw a side of Brian Kelly, me included, um, that I had not seen before. He was brought to tears at the end of that game.
And it seemed to be very, very sincere. Hmm. Well, Brian, the words Brian Kelly and sincere don't often go together in the same sentence. So That's I'm, right. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I, I think you would. I think you would have uh, enjoyed it. Last thing I want to ask you about is uh, in, yeah. in, in, in the college football vein here. If you're Luke Fickle, do you play Evan Prater the rest of this season? I don't know why. Why would you do that? Well, you're not going to play in a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, there are some that would say, don't you want to see what you potentially could have for next year? Ben Bryant's graduating. I know you have some kind of obligation to a senior and a final year player and all those kinds of things. But do you want to see Evan Prater at least play some football? Well, wait, wait, uh, who says they're not going to be in New Year's Six Bowl? Aren't they still in a running for the championship in the conference? Well, they, they are. I, I mean, but, 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 I mean, the way they've played this season, there's nothing that's making me believe that, uh, that they're going to beat Tulane the last game of the year. I mean, they're barely getting by Navy. Well, Navy is not. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Navy's a different breed of cat. They right? are. I mean, they are. They, they test your patience and and, and, and all those kinds. They can make a lot of teams look ugly. I don't know. I mean, I see your point. Um, I, I guess Fickle would look at it and say, I, I'm here to win as many games as I can right now. And we'll worry about next year, next year. And, and as long as we still are being at least discussed uh, in terms of a, a New Year's Day bowl, that's great for recruiting. Um I'm going to play my number one guy. And, and not only that, who's to say that Prater's any better? And I say, and you say, yeah, sure, we need to find out. I, I think there's a time to find out and there's a, there's a time to kind of let it ride. Um, I, 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 unless Bryant really stops playing great or stops playing even decently. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change quarterbacks myself, but, uh, I'm not Luke Fickle. Well, I, it looks like he's not going. And I'm not endorsing saying he has to. I, I, I'm just asking. Yeah. It, it, uh, as I, I Personally, I would like to see at least Prater get into some games moving forward at the yeah. end of the year. You don't have to name him well, a starter. Why can't they? I mean, haven't they talked about using him in certain situations? A while yeah, but it back? hasn't happened. Outside of a game here or a game there. And, and again, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and beat up Fickle because what this guy has done and is doing is off the charts. I mean, he's the best coach in his <clears> town landslide best coach in this town in any sport uh without a doubt uh, no i there's one other thing i want to ask you about um mm -hmm. college basketball starts tonight we have wes yeah, miller at uc we have uh sean miller now back at xavier yeah who has a greater impact for their team if you can can say either one of them has a greater impact but if you were speculating and just looking into a crystal ball which of those two guys has a greater impact on the program here this year? I'd say Sean. I say Sean. Sean has been there, done that. Um, he's a really good basketball coach. Controversy at Arizona, notwithstanding, uh, he, he was a really good basketball coach when he was when he was here the first time. Um, I, I think that the players will respect Sean. I'm not saying that, that they haven't respected coaches in the past, but I think the level of respect for Sean will be a little bit higher. Um, 
if I'm Xavier, I'm feeling pretty good with with uh, with Sean Miller as my head coach. Okay. All right. Hey, well, do, do you do you have you ever heard of a group called the Smithereens? Of course, I have. Okay. What do you think well, I live under bit... a rock? I... Yeah, yeah. I went and saw them downtown Ludlow Garage with a friend of mine the other night. I I'd heard the name, but I'd never heard the music. Fantastic. Fantastic. Man. Yep. They were really popular. You and I are roughly the same age. You, you got me by a year or two, but they were really popular right when I was getting ready to get out of college, and, 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 they had, and, and then all of a sudden they kind of just disappeared under the radar. But they always struck me as one of those bands. That's a tight band. Is that fair to say? Yeah, tight, very, very hook-laden. Every song had a hook. I was, I was rocking out for an old guy, man. It was great. I mean, I'd heard of them, like I said, but I don't. Anything after like "Born in the USA" for me is is not something I'm going to remember. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of that put them right on the edge of, of oblivion with me. But I was pleasantly surprised in Ludlow Garage. I'd never been there. Historic music venue, fantastic. Just had a great time. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Hey, by the way, uh, on music, did did I misunderstand your uh, morning line one day last week? Did you take a shot at the Eagles? No. Okay, I want to make sure. But you you understand where I might think that? Well, I did. I take I took a shot at, at them because they were the group most responsible for outrageous concert ticket prices. Their okay. music is great. I love their music. Um, but I think they were they were the first group to start charging three and four figures for concert tickets. Okay. Because that, that's one of my all-time favorite bands. I mean, it, that, that's big-time no. band now. Yeah, I like the Eagles. But I, I, I didn't like the influence they had on, on going to a concert at all. Are you driving down to Nashville to see Taylor Swift when those tickets go on sale here in a couple of weeks? I couldn't name you one Taylor Swift song. Well, I Not have one. to tell you, though, Doc, I mean, look, I have to tell you, because you like being entertained. Everybody likes being entertained on different levels. I have to say, I went with my daughter um, a, a few years ago, and I have to say, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen, and in a day and age where it seems like so many of the entertainers feel like they have to offend you in some form or fashion, whether it's with their outfits, whether it's with their political commentary, whether it's with their outrageousness in general, she is still someone you could take your daughter to go see, whether your daughter is 10 years old or 30 years old. Hmm. Well, that's, that's great. The next time Taylor Swift comes around, I'll, I'll have my wife take my daughter to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, have a good day. Thanks for the time. All right, Tom, you bet. See you. All righty. Themorningline.substack.com. I mean, he mixes it all up. That's, you know, on his Friday deal where he's doing, he's telling you know, places you can go and you go hiking and you can go, go have a beer. And he talked about the smithereens and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so we do like here on um, Off the Bench to get outside of, yeah, Sir Boy Wonder. This is the perfect example because my son went to see this guy a couple of years ago, yeah. Post Malone. Oh, big posty guy. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's not a matter of not liking him. It has nothing to do with that. I don't know the guy. Believe this or not, this is a great story. This is a great story. I am living, and now I now that of course that that's a sign of age, you know, when you uh, when you when you get older, because I am not going to remember the name of this band. 
Um, gosh, Jonas Brothers. No, no, this is a he- this is a hardcore heavy metal band. They have they, they, it's like one word is the name of the Metallica. Band. No, not that. <laughs> but it's somebody big, Pantera. really big. If you guys said it, I would know it. But here's the deal. I'm living in Scottsdale, okay? And I was working for the Diamondbacks. And when I moved out there, I had bought this ranch-style home, but it sat on about two acres of land and butted up to this little, like, horse thing uh, in your backyard. And even though you were only three blocks off of Scottsdale Road, you felt like you were in the middle of uh, nowhere. Name of the band is 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 Corn. Corn. Oh, there we okay. go. So, okay. So, um, I'm walking down the street with my dogs one day, and the house next door was up for rent, which in you know in our neighborhood you just didn't see many houses that were up for rent, but it's up for rent. And so these construction guys are coming in there, and they're putting a stripper pole in the middle of the living room. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm walking by and I can see in there and I'm talking to a couple guys coming out. I'm like, what's going on there? Like, don't ask us, man. We're just here to do the work. I said, well, you know who's moving in there? They got no no idea. Fine. So about two weeks later, all these moving trucks come in. All this stuff gets moved in. This is my new neighbor, right? So... Um, everything gets moved in second night, raging bash going on in this neighborhood in Scottsdale, right? There ain't a lot of people in my neighborhood that were interested in neighbor in raging parties. Okay. Party goes on. They shut it down at a decent time. They weren't bothering me anyway. Um, they, you know, everything was cool. Uh, I still don't know who these guys are. So, um, the next day I get up and I'm out walking the dogs and out come these couple of guys you know they got the hair going they got the look going they got the whole nine yards and um turns out they were members of the band corn and i have to tell you these guys were model citizens as neighbors loved every minute of it now i may not have agreed with their music that's why i say i don't know post malone i don't know the guy but i did know the guys and i don't know their names but I did get to know the guys. They weren't there, there very long. Um, they were only there a few months, and then they were out, and they were on the road most of the time anyway. But, you know, you never know. You never know. The guy moves in next door, got long hair, corn, you know, whatever he's got going on, right, might be a pretty good dude. And it turns out corn. Were you guys fans of corn? I've listened to corn before. I, I like one or two of their songs. If Sayo didn't listen to them, then they must not have been very good because that's right up your alley. Paul, you probably, you're too young for corn. I mean, I've heard their music. I'm not, like, a huge fan of the, the heavy metal. Okay. Sir Boy Wonder says, shake it off. Uh, Actually, I, I, I have, I have, I have, uh, it's catchy. I learned a lot of the words to, to a lot of Taylor Swift songs. You going there here next year, next July? Taylor Swift is coming She's in here. July. And the player formerly known as Mount Trap says, I will be going. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, saying I will be going as far <laughs> from the city as possible. Forgive me. Um, Casey have good neighbors. Yeah, Casey, how you like your neighbors? You met them yet? You just moved I, in. I have not met them yet. They're, one of the buildings, beside, one of the houses besides, beside me is empty. 
currently. Oh. Um, okay. it, it's they're not moved in yet. Neighborhoods obviously changing, going downhill as you move in. <laughs> you, a number of you have asked me about my trip down to Texas. It was fantastic. What'd you wear? Um, you know what? It was a beautiful day. I wore a pair of shorts. It was really cold in the morning. I just wore my regular running shoes, you know, TCU t-shirt, and uh, sat in the sun the whole game. You can tell I, I got some serious rays over the weekend, like 75 degrees, spectacular. And the Horned Frogs are undefeated. 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 I'd love to fly down there to uh, Austin, Texas this weekend. <clears throat> I am going, however, boys. To the Ohio State-Michigan game. Oh, locked in. Locked in. Bought my tickets over the weekend. I will be there. We sat two years ago, the last time they played this game in Columbus. And we're going to sit in the same place, down in the corner of the end zone, where you never sit down the whole game. Right? Not some luxury box or suite or any of that nonsense. We are down there mixing it up amongst them. My wife, me, our daughter will be home from TCU, and our son, who's a senior in high school, we are going down there again and sitting in the corner of the end zone for the Wolverines v. Bucks. That's big-time football there, buddy. Big-time, big-time. That's time. right. That's big-time. All right, we got our picks when we come back. What is this? Yeah, Zim is becoming as reliable as the Bengals' offensive line. (laughs) Tom should be calling the Ohio State-Michigan game. Well, I'm not. I'm going. And Anonymous says, let's go blue. Anonymous, stay anonymous. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to uh, Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Now, uh, before we get into the picks... Brian Billick, by the way, is coming your way tomorrow. Uh, We'll also have Tracy Jones tomorrow. I'm assuming he is back in his uh, palatial um, penthouse uh, in Bellevue. Uh, That's That's an assumption. I don't know that. Let me get this cord out of here. All right. Um, Golly, they getting old sucks. Um, Today's line. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. That's why you guys are so on top of your game, the backbone of this program. So uh, we've got quite the lineup here today coming up right after this show, right? Yeah, we do. We've got the box lunch coming up. Those guys will slip in here a few minutes before this show ends. We'll go right into that. And then right out of that show, the box lunch, that'll end. And then we'll go right into Not Too Picky, gambling show. Uh, I'll be on there with Reed to do all the betting picks. NCAA basketball starting today. First game tips at noon. And uh, we're off and running on the college basketball season. That's one of the best times of year to be a, uh, a better with all the sports going on at the same time. So it should be a fun action too. And, uh, and also uh, another thing that we're, we're firing up here that I'm hoping to get off the ground today uh, that I know some of you listening, I see some college basketball fans in here is a daily college basketball pre-recorded show. It won't be live or anything like that. Uh, but it'll be a daily college basketball roundup type show. I'll promote it from my own Twitter. Uh, it'll be, it, it won't be on YouTube. It, it'll be more in podcast form, but that's just something to kind of keep an eye on. Okay. And one team you forgot to mention today, and we cannot lo- allow that to happen again, the Big Blue starts tonight. The University of Kentucky. Oh, did I not put them in the in the – We were not in there. Did I not so put you've them in got uh, Kentucky opening tonight. Yep. The game at noon is um, 
Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, and the Delta Devils. The national champions from two years ago. Baylor playing at high noon today. Um, that's on ESPN Plus, so you got to pay cash for that. Don't worry, I got it. Kentucky tonight uh, playing, I assume that's Howard. Yes, Howard. Duke, first game without Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's a big game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Same with, you know, Villanova getting underway without Jay Wright. Yeah, there's some, there's some big coaching names that aren't going to be on the sidelines in college basketball this year. TCU so. ranked number 14 in the country after getting to the Elite Eight and getting jobbed last year in that game against Arizona. North Carolina, the number one team in the nation playing tonight. As is number three, Houston. How about Houston? Yeah. Houston's going to be good. Kelvin Sampson's a fantastic coach. He really is. He a is great so coach. good. He really is a good coach. And I never understood that whole Indiana thing, the, 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 the texting thing, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. I, mean, I know rules are rules, but I mean, they're. They... Well, Bill Self suspended for four games this year. Self imposed, baby. Yeah, by Kansas. That's, it's really good. Um, okay, boys, are we ready? We got some picks. Let's do it. All right, let's picks. get through it. Here we go. Fire it up. First let's start one. with Ohio State. All losers. They were they they were playing through those terrible weather conditions. They did not look good. Um, so just wipe that one off the board. No blood. Yeah. Up next. Yeah, I wish uh, wish we would have known the weather report there. Good pick here, fellas. <laughs> well, good for me and Casey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Scraping Nine by. and a half. TCU is down seventeen to thirteen going into the fourth quarter, and that's been their mo this year. And then all of a sudden, I tell you what, they, if you talk about a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver, all on the same team, there aren't more than five teams in the country that have a better trio than TCU has. The running back, Miller, the wide receiver is going to be a top five, top ten pick, and the quarterback is really good. Now, I'm not saying they're Stroud and Marvin Harrison and Mayan I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there aren't five teams in the country that have a better trio at those three positions than TCU. They roll big in the fourth quarter. Look at this. We all went with the Irish. Good job, everybody. Good job, nice job. Easy pick. That was easy. Gosh, I thought I was making up ground on that one. I couldn't remember what you guys went with. Uh-oh. Man. Somebody's on a roll right now. I don't know who that is. I think that would be uh, you, I guess, right now. Absolutely. We all lost Ohio State. I haven't lost since. I, I, we'll keep rolling. Well, yeah, we'll keep rolling. I was on because I know it's going to change. Here's where it changes. <sighs> Let's go, Tigers. Okay. Yeah. You guys took the Bengal. The Bengal. You were so high on Brian the Kelly LSU Bengals. too. I'm yeah, surprised you, were... you didn't take LSU here. You you were the one that was talking to us about Brian Kelly last week, and then you went with Alabama. I told you guys that there are two, three. There are three teams and or players that play for teams that I will never pick against. Nick Saban at Alabama. I'm never going to pick against a, a Bill Belichick coach team. And I'm never going to pick against the Tom Brady team. I'm not going to do it. And so I, I've been... You know how much money you'd have made through the years picking with those guys? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I've been like that until the last, I don't know, year or two. But the, now it, 
what's interesting about these Alabama games is that they're starting to lose these games that they normally wouldn't lose. That's like right. Texas A&M last year, yep. the Tennessee game this yep. year, this close game. I know they were all on the road, tough environments. They did win that Texas game. But these are games, and I'm not saying that Nick Saban, I'm not, I'm not going down that path. I know you're but not. But I'm just saying that you're starting to see Alabama lose these games that typically you don't see them lose. It's kind of something to keep an eye on there. Uh, and by the way, I mean, you talk about a front runner. Say ho down here. You know, oh, the yeah. LSU. I mean, give me a break. He walks around with the Cincinnati stuff on all the time. He worked down there. He covered them. All his guys are gone from down there. He despises Brian Kelly, and he jumps on the bandwagon when they win a big game. It's downright offensive. You can't stand. I'm a TCU guy because I've got money invested down there. A hell of a lot of money invested down there. All right. All right. One more college game. One more college game. Yeah, there you go. You guys were smart enough to go with Navy. Yeah. UC wins the game. They move on. All right. They move on. NFL. Now we go to the National Football League. Look at Paul Jets, Jets, Jets. What's that spread? Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I just, those 12 and a half point spreads in the NFL are just too big. And I I thought the Jets were feisty enough. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be with you. I didn't think they were going to win, but I did think they'd keep it to a one-possession game, and man, they won outright. Yeah, Twelve and a half is fine when you're playing a team like Pittsburgh, but Jets are better than Pittsburgh. So, well, I I just thought you know, and 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 I'm done. I'm done picking Buffalo. Uh, I, I I I'm done. I just I, there there's some there's some cracks in that team that we're starting to see, and they might win a Super Bowl, but but I, right now, and maybe it's just a little lull. Last couple of weeks, they won one, but you saw some cracks. Yesterday, cracks. Uh, no team is perfect, at least uh, except for Philadelphia so far. Okay. Uh, we we all go with the Buccaneers. We pushed. Yep. That's right. Yep. Tom Brady. Um, a stink fest is what that game you, was. You know what? You're right. It was a stink fest. And it's, it's hard to believe that when this season started, and I know how this stuff works, you, you at home, no different than TV executives. And I don't know where all of a sudden this whole thing shifted in the last year or two where two NFC teams are playing and CBS gets the game. Uh, I don't get it. But anyway, um, in years past, when that, when that game would come out on Fox uh, and, and you were seeing the schedule you know, in week nine or ten, whatever it is, and on your network, you've got the defending Super Bowl champion Rams playing at Tampa Bay. And Tom Brady, you're thinking, man, this might be the highest rated game of the year. That game was terrible. Was terrible. terrible. Um, and I don't know what's going on with Mike Evans. Because this guy's been a great player in this league for a long time. He's dropping balls all over the place. Um, Brady may not be what Brady used to be, but he should have won that game by two or three touchdowns if he had receivers, uh, including um, Evans. Godwin dropped a couple. Uh, They had another guy uh, on the second to last drive, wide open, drops a pass in the end zone, a tight end on a ball that should have been caught in the end zone. Um, That was a terrible game. Adam, okay. Adam Schefter uh, just reported Frank Wright got fired by the Colts. 
Boy, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, deserved. They didn't even play yesterday, right? They did. They lost, they lost. to uh, – they lose to New England? I think so. Yeah. Yep. They lost to New England. 26-3. to three. Didn't score a touchdown. So, here in the last four weeks with Indianapolis – Correct me if I'm wrong here, fellas. In the last four weeks, you benched Matt Ryan, right? Yep. You um, fired the offensive coordinator, and now you fire the head coach. Who's the owner, Jim Irsay? Yep. Yep. Man, he's not wasting any time. I mean, whether you agree with him or don't agree with him or like him or don't like him, the guy's not going to watch it, and he owns a team. Yeah, I mean, they've just never been the same since Andrew left. That's really sad, too, because he was such a good quarterback, and they'd probably be on track right now if Andrew Luck was still playing. They'd be in it. Um, they've just never been able to recover since then. Well, I'll tell you right now, Frank Reich is a good coach. I don't know if he's a great head coach, but that guy can coach. He knows offense. He played the game. He knows the game. He will be swooped up immediately. Uh as an offensive coordinator at the minimum for somebody next year. All uh, right. Okay. We've got two left. Two left. Good pick, Tom. Case. Good job, guys. Attaboy. Good job. But Titans over the Chiefs. Titans still stink. Or to cover, at least. All right, one more. Casey was down bad here. Bengals, big time. Listen, if I have to take – AL every single week just so then they can win. I'll do that. I'll make it up somewhere else. I'll make ground up in college game or something like that. Okay, so where are we now? We're all getting bunched. Let's just lose the tie category from now on. You don't so, want you don't so want the no, push. Let, in yeah, there. let's lose that. All right. So um, Paul has leapfrog Casey into the league. Brandon Sayo has nothing to do with this anymore. Um, so Paul is in the lead, but it is tight. One better than Casey, and now it is down to four better than me. There we go. These last four weeks, I got it going on. I mean, I think I went six and two, eight, seven and two. Yeah, you had a good I, week. I lost those first two, and then now one after one after that. And we and I should say, uh, here's our picks for tonight. Um, we're all on the Ravens tonight. Yeah. So, doesn't so, matter what happens here. I will give you the opportunity, Tom. I will give you the opportunity right now. I'm taking it. You're taking the Saints? I am. Oh. Uh-oh. Wow. Now, I'm here, here. switch. All right. I believe that. The Red Rifle. It's good karma for the Red Rifle tonight that for the first time since 2014, he is going to win a prime time game. Do we do we want to uh, change the line here too? It's a what? two and a half. I think it's. Uh, it might not even matter. I think it's down to two. Uh, well, it's down to two. No, maybe. it's one and a half. Well, yeah, we're we're taking. We'll 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 do it. All right, down to one and a half. You guys staying with the Ravens there? Down to one and a half. Oh, that's even better for the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with Ravens. I'm sticking with the Ravens. Let's see what the total is. The wise guys know there. something. Yeah. Let's see if we can keep it going. 46 and a half is the total. Nathan wants to know, um, well, Boom Shakalaka says, Tom, I don't think you'll be happy with that decision tomorrow. That's the story <laughs> of a lot of my life. Thank you for reminding me, Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, All right. 
Are we picking the World Cup? We'll, we'll give you some World Cup picks. Not too picky, we'll give you World Cup picks. What, what, what is it? Who, who is What? Us winning. I assume that's a Saints fan. No, no, no. The U.S. The right? U.S.? Wait, wait where? Where, where no. are we at? Naughty. Oh, us. Sorry, 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 sorry. I thought you were talking about the World Cup. Us winning has nothing to do with you betting. Yeah, no, he's talking to Casey about uh, about betting against the Bengals. I got you. Okay. All right. Okay. You guys know Nodding? Is this like another <laughs> no. one of your inside jokes? No, I don't. No, no it's, it's a new guy. Okay, well, welcome, Nadi. Welcome to the program. Uh, they want to know, Nathan wants to know if we're going to be picking the World Cup teams. When does that start play? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, USA Britain. Right around the corner. Really? Run it back, 1776. Now, is that men's? Yes. Yes. Because there is a women's World Cup. Yeah, right? that's next year. Okay. Um, okay, well, we'll talk about that some other time because, you know, you, you hope that that what has been a mess of, of an entire soccer um, – what's the word? As a whole, men's soccer has been an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, in FIFA. This country. Yeah. I mean, a disaster. And there have been some incredibly interesting articles that have been written about that uh, in recent years with the coaching changes and, you know, all these different personnel decisions and some of the players at play, some that are left off. Um, it is hard to believe that the United States of America, with all the resources that we have in this country, uh, and I know money's not everything, but it just doesn't make any sense that that men's team has not been very good for a long, long time. And the women's team's the best in the world most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. So, fellas, um, as we sit here for the last 15 minutes of the program, and we don't know what happened to Zim Huday, I'm going to leave the topics open for those that are watching, and I'm going to leave it open for you guys. Is there anything you would like to talk about in particular that we have not at least touched on or perhaps get a little more in-depth on? Brandon seems like he has something he wants to say. He wants to talk about Brian Kelly? No, I have a hypothetical for you here. College football playoff, Ohio State plays TCU. Who are you rooting for? Um, you know, I have to tell you, oh, that's, that's a good one. I would be rooting for the Buckeyes. You would, uh, with all great, the money uh, you've invested in TCU? Of, I'll have a great time with my daughter. Um, and, if, and if Ohio State lost that game... I would not be I would not be upset. I'd be very happy for TCU. But I, I have no I mean, you know, although the argument can be made that I have more ties to TCU than I have to Ohio State. I didn't go to school at Ohio State. That's but what I've I'm been saying. a big fan for a long time. So TCU and Ohio State, and you're rolling with Ohio State. Yeah. I am. Okay. I am. Uh, I know some of the people at Ohio State. And I can't remember who our guest was a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, people ask me all the time when I'm announcing in the NFL, you know, what, you know, what, what teams do you like? And it, 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 it comes down to the people. I remember for years and years when, when, when Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre, and, and look, people, you know, the whole Brett Favre thing and went on down at Southern Miss and this whole volleyball thing, I don't know. It doesn't look good. But I can just tell you, as far as doing your job, they were easily the most likable team in the NFL. 
because Holmgren is a fantastic guy. And, and Brett Favre was just, he, he was worth his weight in gold to sit around in a room and just talk football with. Guy was freaking awesome. Now, now Drew Brees, if I had to pick one of the other to be my best friend, you know, maybe you pick Drew Brees. But compared to sit around in a room and talk football with, no contest. Favre over Brees. But, but it comes down to people. And so, you know, um, I, I know some of the people uh, that, that work and have worked in Columbus for a long, long time. I don't know. You know, the more I think about it, I, I, maybe I would change my mind and go for TCU. No way. Oh. No, I'm, I'm, think, I'm no thinking way. I might. I'm thinking I might. Because if it would make my daughter happy, there's nothing more important in the world than your kids being happy. So, you know what? I just changed my mind. I picked TCU. We got a lot of good questions coming in here. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good topics coming in here. Will Xavier get football? There's been talk yeah. about Xavier playing football. You touched on it the other day. Yeah, I can just roll through that real quick. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but it looks like they haven't finalized it yet. But it'll be an FCS program in the Pioneer Football League, so that'll be with Dayton, Valpo, uh, Butler, those teams. It's not going to be a a. MAC type team. It's not going to be an FBS team. It'll be an FCS team in the Pioneer League. Uh, that's not a league that gets by games against big time teams. It's not like you're going to see Xavier will not play UC. Xavier will not play Ohio State. Xavier will not play those big FBS programs. Uh, just more of a, I think it's more of a, a marketing admissions type objective than it is actually a, a product of football in the field. But sounds like they're going to get a football facility. I think it'll be a I think it's good. I think for, for the city and for people here around, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. You see a lot of GCL South talent around Cincinnati. You know what? I, I'll tell you right now. I, I would bet money. I, I would bet big money that they would be good in a very short amount of time. I mean, look at... I really do, because I think there is something special and unique about these high school kids that are playing football in the state of Ohio. The coaching is phenomenal in the state of Ohio, in football and basketball. And I'm convinced you're not going to get the top, you're not going to get the next, but you're going to get the next. And in my opinion, I, was, I spent a lot of time with one of the dads at TCU this weekend who played football at Georgetown. Okay. Okay, they have a football FCS, team there. yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. And we were talking about this for a long time, and I brought up with him about the whole Xavier thing. And he said, I have no doubt when you start looking at Georgetown, academic, great school, Jesuit school, just like X, whole nine yards, kind of kid you're going to get – you're going to get a really good football player out of the greater Cincinnati or Dayton or Columbus or Cleveland area to come to Xavier. And I think they used to have a really good football program. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And if you look at the, the talent on Dayton right now, I broadcast these Dayton games and you look up and down the roster, it's a ton of GCL South talent that if Xavier takes some of that, keeps some of them down here in Cincinnati, yeah, I, I think it's – I think it'll be – it's something to, something to watch going along that if they can get some of that talent to stay around the city. But look, you have UC in the city. You have the Bengals in the city. That's, so, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm just saying it's, you're competing for a lot of attention there. But I think in the fall with some Saturdays on a nice Saturday or something to do, I've been, I've been talking to some alumni that say, hey, look, we come back for basketball games and – in the winter, and Xavier's campus has changed a ton in the last 10, yep. 15, 20 years. And a lot of these alumni come back on 20-degree Saturdays in the in the winter and don't get a chance to walk around and see a lot of stuff that's changed. So, so are you saying then, it's happening for sure? It has not been signed off on 100%, but it's as close to 100% as, as it could be without being announced. 
That's a huge financial commitment. It is, but huge. I don't think that they would be doing this with the state of higher education right now, just in general. I don't think they would be doing this if they didn't see the, the value in it. So, with the people that you've talked to, yeah. they would have to build a small stadium? Yeah, and, and the idea that I pitched the other day, and I don't have any insider information on this, but I, I think that this is an opportunity, too, that if you're building something on campus, because you can't play at the soccer facility right. uh, at Xavier, you can't play there, you would have to build a football facility yep. for this. I think there's an opportunity there where if you put a track around the field, you can bring the track and field program back to campus because they don't practice on campus right now. There's no track at Xavier, so you could, you could put that there. What kind of operation they running over there? Yeah, they, it's tall. It's a tight. It's a tight little spot. Lord, I but mean, it's, it's one tight. thing to have a football team. You it's can't tight. have a track. It's tight. Yeah, they. But but the other thing. Every too, high school has a track. I know, but the but the thing too is Moeller, right? You could potentially get a Moeller football. You know, Moeller plays at Norwood right now. Maybe yeah. maybe you get Nor. Uh, you got to redo games there. Yeah. So yeah, we were there Friday night. I know. Casey, so, anything you want to get into here? Because. Uh, my man, Sir Boy Wonder, continues to remind me that Ohio University is all that matters right now, and they're playing at Miami tomorrow night. Paul, you suggested we all go up there to the game tomorrow night. Uh, Casey, anything on your mind? So, the only thing that's really uh, that I can see from the comments that was interesting to me um, was people were talking about Super Bowl predictions. Um, do you remember what our Super Bowl predictions were? At the beginning of the year. I, I do remember. It was the Bengals against uh, who? I we think all had the Bengals, if I remember right, which was I, yeah. a terrible mistake. But go ahead. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think I, had, I think I had Tampa Bay and uh, Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady in VP meets Okay. The future greatest player of right. all time. Do we, do we remember favorite. any of the others? Seho was here then before he ran off for um, greener pastures. Well, what, what would you say we're at the halfway point now? What do you, how are you feeling now? What is your Super Bowl prediction now? Because I think mine is probably Eagles versus – either Chiefs or Bills currently. That's you're, my you're saying the Eagles are going to get through there? Yeah, I think the Eagles will get through. Paul? Yeah, I'm with him on the Eagles. I think, the, I, think there's a, I think there's a separation between the Eagles and the rest of the NFC right now. I think the Eagles are in from the NFC and then take your pick from the AFC. I'll go with the Bills. I do think they're good. I think they're very good. I think the Bills are very good. Now, now. I have to see what's going on with Josh Allen. Didn't sound like it was all that serious, but if it is more serious, then... So what was it? What was this? It's a UCL, which I know we're getting you into baseball, Casey. But if I was reading the, the headlines right, the UCL, that's Tommy John surgery. I'm not saying he needs it. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that he needs Tommy John surgery. I'm just saying that that's, for anybody listening that isn't a medical person... Uh, UCL is Tommy John, so that's, yeah, that's a very a huge deal. It's, on it's, a, it's arm? yeah, it's a Ooh, big, big deal. That is a big deal. You know what? I'm not ready yet to think about because because based on what you just said, I mean, us talking about who would represent the AFC in that deal. That I mean, that would have the most major impact of any player in the league. Clearly, if something is going on with Josh Allen, I will tell you this though: over on the NFC side, 
Um, there are two teams, in my opinion, that can walk into Philadelphia. And for multiple reasons, I think they, they could really present a serious challenge to the Eagles. Minnesota is not one of them. I think the two teams are Seattle and the other is Dallas. I think those teams can go into Philadelphia, especially Seattle. They play in crummy weather. They've got a toughness about them that is is, uh, born from their head coach, who I think is one of the, the greatest football coaches of all time. What, him and Jimmy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, are the only two, maybe I'm forgetting one other, that won a national championship in college football and won a Super Bowl title. That's not a slam dunk, in my opinion, that Philadelphia thing. All right, do we have a cherry on top? We do. What is it? So this was from LSU. They tweeted this out. Uh, Throw it on up there, Casey. Go ahead. Uh, LSU fans... At 10.03 Saturday night in Death Valley, LSU scored a touchdown. At 10.06, the Tigers scored the game-winning two-point conversion in both of them uh, from the LSU Science Department. Taking the seismograph on the, uh, on, the, on the Richter scale. And you know what? This is where one area where Fox, and, and I don't just pub them. I mean, hell, they, you know, they let me go. They didn't bring me back. So, I, I, you know, I was there a long time. But, but, but the Notre Dame game, which was on NBC, the LSU game, uh, which was on ABC, neither of those networks are in the same galaxy when it comes to technology and the fans and the crowd like Fox is. How so? If you watch the game, the LSU game on TV, I sat and watched it. I watched the second half. Same thing, the ending of the when Notre Dame had it rolling. It, 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 they're not doing enough with the audio to make you feel like it is a big-time crowd and game. Fox is off the charts when it comes to that kind of stuff. They're by far the best, by far, when it comes to that. So that's our UDF cherry on top, presented by United Dairy Farmers.